Hi, everybody. This is Psychop Talks Winter Ops, the podcast devoted to everything winter maintenance. I'm Rick Nelson, AASHTO Psychop Coordinator, and we're brought to you by the State Departments of Transportation, whose voluntary contributions make the Psychop program possible. A few months back, I caught up with Dr. Wolf Nixon at the National Winter Maintenance Peer Exchange in Pittsburgh, and we sat down to discuss a project that he and I worked on to identify the top 10 things an agency should do to have a world-class winter maintenance operation. In this episode, we'll talk about how we got to the top 10. So without further ado, here's part one of the top 10 things you should do to have a world-class winter maintenance program. This episode, we're talking to Wolf Nixon, used to be a professor at the University of Iowa and now uh, a vice president for science and technology at the SALT Institute. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Close enough anyway. Close enough anyway. <laughs> I mean, we, we've known uh, Wolf for years and years. I've, I've, known, I've known you since the early 90s, uh, right. back to the Strategic Highway Research Program and, yeah. and uh, some of the blade uh, snowplow blade uh, work that you had been doing, and uh, I think anybody that's spent any time at all in the winter maintenance community has uh, stumbled across you at least one time or another. I would expect so, yes, and I hope it's been a good experience for them, but uh, <laughs> you can't always guarantee that. <laughs> the, uh, what we want to talk about today in this episode is a project that, that we had worked on, and, and it, it goes back to uh, a a winter maintenance peer exchange about four years ago, right? And we were we were sitting around and and we had had a psychop meeting and we were talking about uh, how to deliver um, these reports and these research things. I think it was Steve Lund, right, uh, who was who was also on the psychop steering committee, uh, was was lamenting about. Uh, all of the things in his inbox, and and how does he separate things uh, back and forth uh, to pull out the important stuff? Right, and it's it's an endemic problem with any research that you do. The traditional research model is you do a research project, you produce a nice big fat report, it gets sent to everyone and their brother-in-law, and then more often than not ends up sat on a shelf and nothing gets done with it. Steve's concern was... Of the hundred of these reports he gets each year, there are probably three that he really should pay attention to, but he doesn't know how to identify them. Is there a way that we could pluck out and bring to the top of the pile the really critical ones? And obviously, each agency is going to have a different sense of what critical means, but the community as a whole may be able to identify the critical topics. And, and I think it was Steve's suggestion that we use um, the David Letterman notion of the top ten. Uh, and uh, then the question comes, how do you find what the top ten issues are? Who decides what's really most important? And that's where it gets a little interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so 
you know, true to form, uh, there with the uh, the Psychop Steering Committee, uh, it, it just takes a, a little seed of inspiration, and uh, we run off uh, wild and crazy uh, yep. to try to uh, develop something. Yeah. And and in fact, that's exactly what we did uh, to to sort of figure out what is this top ten, and and the, the premise that we went with was what are the top. 10 things you need to do to have a world-class winter maintenance program. And so that's that's sort of became the, the genesis of this top 10 program. So right. to stir things up. <laughs> we, we made use of the snow and ice listserv, which is something that's been around since 1996 and typically has about 600 people subscribe to it at any point in time and is a really useful way of um, testing the temperature of the community, the snow and ice community, on any given topic. So we threw that in front of them, and it was like, I don't know, throwing red meat into the tiger pit. Uh, we had 30 responses inside of four hours, which was more than we've ever seen on any other topic, and, and the responses just kept rolling in. We got some really good ideas. Uh, we ended up with... I think nearly 200 different identifiable topics that we could yeah. write down and, and say, well, this could be one of the most important things. And inevitably, there was a lot of overlap, but we felt, first of all, this was a great place to begin. We got input from the community, and not just North America, uh, quite a lot of input from overseas as well, which was very useful for us too because... Uh, Sometimes you can get leading ideas coming from overseas. Uh, Europe has different ways of doing things. Japan has different ways of doing things than we do here in North America. And that means sometimes what's important to us isn't to them and vice versa. But it may also mean that they are cluing into something that we may have to worry about sometime in the future. So we took these... I think it was 180 approximately ideas, and said, "Well, well, one, one of the interesting one of the interesting pieces of this that that really stirred folks up was when when you sent out your email asking right. people, what do you think the top ten things that would be important for a world class winter maintenance program were? You gave your top ten, right. and and so it was." It generated a tremendous amount of discussion. No, I don't agree with that one. Here's what this should be and, and yes. so on. And, and uh, you're absolutely right. It, it generated a tremendous amount of response. And, and that sort of debate was exactly what we were looking for. Um, you put something out there, genuinely thinking these are the top ten, but others, you know, your mileage may vary, to use a, a more modern phrase. But... Uh, <laughs> Uh, we we got great response in that regard, and, and very different ideas came from it. One of the things we were hoping for was we going to pick up on new issues um, that we haven't thought of, and um, it turned out that we did. Uh, we picked up on some of those, and and we. Uh, we went then to the Winter Maintenance Technical Service Program Steering Committee and we said, well, here are all these ideas. Which ones are important? And, and they, uh, you know, the response was a degree of, 
well, what do you mean by important, was one question came back. And, and so we said, well, what do you mean by important, <laughs> which is, is always good, <laughs> and to throw that back on them. But basically, eight of them gave us their feedback, and we've, we've, you know, all the data, of course, you know, one of the things you do, you write it all up into a report uh, <laughs> and, and uh, put it on a shelf where everybody forgets about it. But um, we went through and just had them select the ideas. And so we, we then uh, were able to condense this all down into a series of topics in five different areas. So we had, uh, now, that's in a sense a weakness of the approach because you're, um, you're skewing the response. Right. You're choosing what those five areas are. And, and, and when we launched into this, by no means did we say this is going to be uh, a scientific paper that would hold up to statistical rigor right. and so on. We just wanted to find out. What do people think are the most important things right. uh, for a, a winter maintenance program? And and we, you know, you have to lump things together one way or another because uh, we ended up with uh, I think seventy four topics that we then wanted them to go through and choose their top ten from. And if you just say seventy four, they could pick seven or eight that are really the same topic. And are really close together. Yes. You know. So we wanted to try and spread it out. Hence, we broke it down into areas. And the areas were, uh, let's see, the first was materials, sustainability, and the environment, which is a pretty big area when yeah. you get down to it. Yeah, pretty and high level. Pretty important. Then uh, weather and information, uh, equipment, Operations and tactics, and the final area was strategies, public relations, and training. Now, it, again, as as we just as you just said, it's not scientific, so almost certainly there's something we left out, but that's okay. Um, what we did with these areas was the topics we've identified. These seventy-four topics, do they fit into those areas? Mm-hmm. And the answer was yes, they did. So then we had the psychop folk. No, the psychop folk had got us to that point. We got to there, right? And then we we went back to the uh, Snow and Ice Listserv and a number of other places and put together a Survey Monkey survey right. online, uh, which was an interesting experience. <laughs> It's one of those things you set it up and you start getting results and you figure out, ah, I did that wrong. Yeah, maybe we didn't set this up just exactly right. (laughs) But we sent it out there and we said to people, hey, go ahead. We deliberately did not ask for a job description or other potentially identifying information. We wanted it to be um, anonymous. And we just said to people, vote for your first and second topic in each of these groups and they did and we were able then to break it down um, to get two topics in each of the five groups Uh, wouldn't you know one of the groups gave us a tie for second place and we had in in place a tie-breaking tool 
that did work with one of the other groups, but did not uh, with right. Group E. It's so, like no matter how you sliced it and diced yeah. it and manipulated it and mathed it, it was still a tie. It was still a tie. It was going to come out a tie, which is fine. So uh, top ten has it's eleven. Eleven. <laughs> but given that you know the Big Ten Conference has sixteen schools in it now, or whatever the number is, I'm not too bothered about that. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Big Twelve has about three or or something. You know. Hey, 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 <laughs> yeah. Be careful. <laughs> so um, we now have a top ten uh, or eleven. Eleven. <laughs> And um, they, they're really rather interesting, I think, as, as we go down. And, and do you think now is now the right time to read through? You know, do we need a drum roll? For well, this? <laughs> no, I, I guess. So here's, so here's a question that, that I would pose to you. Sure. So we have this top 11. Yeah. Why is it important? Why is it important that we have this list of... 10 or 11 things that the general winter maintenance community believe are necessary to have a world-class program? program. I think it's, it's important from a couple of points of view. Uh, the first is research and the second is training. On the research point of view, it's clear as you go down this that we haven't fixed all the problems in each of these areas. So, as various groups around the U.S. and around the world are doing uh, research, this gives them potential starting points to look at. And so they can go through and say, wow, you folks said optimal route planning, for example, is pretty important. Let's dig into that a little further rather than into something else. Uh, The second thing from the point of view of training is if we're saying as we did, that one of the key things is sustainable winter maintenance practices. That's part of being a world-class program is you you have to do that. Well, that would be a good thing to include in training. Uh, So it serves as a tool for agencies to use in determining what their training needs should be. And the various, and they tend to be entities above the agency level, um, collaborative or pool fund programs to say, well, these would be good areas for us to do research in. And you can take these areas, and as, as you'll see when we get into it, um, they're pretty broad. Mm-hmm. Well, then you don't want a broad research topic necessarily. You want to narrow it down so that you get useful results. But if it falls in one of these areas, you know you're at least starting in a, in a place that we have some degree of consensus is important. You know, and, and I, would add, I would add a third reason sure. why it's important. And this, and this sort of goes back to Steve's point of view, right? right. Uh, he's a busy guy. He, he's got a boss, right? Yep. And his boss may not be as tuned up as he is with respect to winter maintenance. And, and this is by no means uh, a comment regarding Steve's boss. No. Because... <laughs> We all know that, that he's got a very um, uh, a very engaged group of individuals there at, at right. Minnesota DOT that, that do get they get the winter maintenance thing. Right. But but there are there are other states out there where you know maybe the the secretary of transportation or the director of operations or or whatever comes from a different background that might not have you know a robust 
understanding of winter maintenance. But yeah. they can look at this top 10 list, 11, yeah. and, and say, geez, I want to have a world-class program, or I want to at least have a good program, yeah. and, and go to their winter maintenance folks and say, hey, do we have one of these? Do we have one of these? And, um, you know, if they don't, it might be able to spur some interest and, and help their winter maintenance program uh, move forward in a particular area. So from a communications point of view, I, I think there's some real value to the, the top 10 list when yes. people say, oh, I've got to have one of these because I want to be like one of these. Right. So it's, it's, it's um, you know, and that's... Um whether you call it training your management or informing your management, may tell you a lot about what you think about your management. But either way, it's important. I agree. Yep. And and as a tool to catch their attention, I think it can be very effective in that regard. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of value in being able to say we're doing the key things. You know, right. We're engaged in that. And not just internally, but externally as well. Um, you know, more and more pressures on agencies to demonstrate that they're worrying about safety or environmentalism or sustainability or whatever. And uh, the greater the degree we can demonstrate people have gone through a process of thinking about what the key things should be, I think the more... Uh, the more they can stand up in public, if you will, and defend their programs against um, undue interference, let's call it that. Um, yeah, or maybe the less informed. Yes, another good way of putting it. How delicate <laughs> okay. yourself are. So that's how we went about arriving at the top ten. Be sure to listen to our next episode when we'll reveal the top 10 things you should do to have a world-class winter maintenance program. Until next time, thanks for listening as PSYCOP Talks Winter Ops.